Sports U time. What's going on? It's CG with Texas Mike, and we are we've got a full on uh, media empire growing. No, I shouldn't say that. A lot of lot of irons in the fire. Busy, busy times, but we're getting it done. Here we are. We're going to talk some football. We're going to talk some football. Going to have a little fun, and we're going to talk about my emerging and my resurgence and my climb up the ladder in the Premier League. As I have no idea what's going on, but I'm still middle of the road. Mama at Texas, Mike, what's going on? Well, CG, I mean, I thought I was going to have to put you on a milk carton. I think that's the last time we did this show. But with all that being said, it's I I don't know what is going on. I I guess if you pray for rain, it does rain sometimes. And that is what has happened here. And that looks more akin to your rise in the DKPremier.club standings. I mean, the first week you entered a lineup, which was a start, um, and you lost to the bot. And then subsequent weeks thereafter, you, for whatever reason, can't find the lineup card. So now you're hitting zeros. I finally get you on the horn and show you how to enter a lineup. And voila, you win a match and you are somehow 500 record without entering a lineup and somewhat in the middle of the standings. I don't even know what to say. And then you get confused during Euro qualifying and enter a lineup to sharpen your skills. So what's going on here, CG? You're all over the place. Like you said, new enterprises, new new ventures. This is great stuff. Well, I think I think our we've gotten far enough in our friendship and our 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 podcast and our talking back and forth that fantasy leagues and me we we blend to a certain extent, but my ability to consistently um, perform in the way that you're supposed to perform with a phone in your hand, which I always have in my hand, to be able to enter a lineup and 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 proceed to get that prepared, it seems to be difficult. What happens is is that let me make a case for myself in football in european football the the way that it's set up you can enter certain guys and certain players um first i have to find the right contest that's the first thing so i got to join the discord i got to get involved i got to be able to find out which because there's a lot of invites there's a lot of things going on there but when you enter a lineup you have to go back and you have to ensure that those guys are playing in the NFL, I don't think, you know, fantasy football, we talked about this on another episode. Once a week, you have time, you kind of get an idea and a sense of what's going on. And just with soccer, I need to follow it more closely, obviously, because that'll give me a hint on who's going to play, who's not. I stayed away from the goalkeeper thing. That was a good lesson. Uh, that was a good tip to stay away from that. And, uh, you know, I'm playing like a 500 team should. We're going to make some moves late in the season. Uh, we're going to start to adapt and adjust. We're going to change our lineups around. Uh, we're going to send our, our strikers right at the goal. We're going to try and score, and that's it. And uh, we're going to Ted Lasso this thing. We're going to get in the top 10 in the standings. Bold predictions for someone that has managed to literally successfully sync two lineups. But Well, and, 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 and I'm out of... I'm out of my my sunken ships. Like I can't, I can't, I get no more like free. Like I get no more mulligans. Right, I have to. You got to plow ahead, sir. 
yeah, like I'm in trouble if I don't. So um, I'm sure that you're getting a lot of grief for, for inviting this new enigma into, <laughs> I still don't have a team name. I'm so bad. I'm so bad at it. I really am. I'm so bad at it. Well, at least you admit it. Um, but there's only one way to go, CG, and that's up. That's it. And that's what we're rooting here for. You know, you're bringing more publicity to this league. And it, it's a welcome experience for most of the players. But have you looked at the standings and seen who's tied? least win-loss for the top? I, I got to be honest. If I even knew how to check the standings, I would absolutely do it. I, I think that I have gotten to the point where you can scroll down and you can find the league. But... um how to find the standings i'm still lost by the way that you presented that question though i'm assuming uh you would be at the top of the top of the ladder i'm not the top of the ladder i'm, I'm technically sitting in second place out of 24 based on points but got a big matchup this week against a former champion so we'll see how it goes uh did you catch some of that football last weekend uh, which football? It just depends. Where do you want to start? You want okay, to go so the college we, game or the pro game? So if we jump to the NFL, what's up? Guys, once again, it's a sports queue. It's CG with Texas Mike. Don't forget to hit that subscribe. Check us out on Spotify and uh, all the platforms that we're on and the Apple podcast section as well oh. as we do push out content as as soon as we can but it's been a busy time it's been a busy time in life a busy time in sports a lot of things are going on and um excited to share those things as the year does progress because uh there's some good stuff happening and hopefully we can share that with you and hopefully you guys can jump aboard but let's talk about american football let's dive into the nfl aaron Rodgers becomes the story of the weekend um the most new york jets thing of all could happen happen uh but let's even go before we touch on that, let's go to the Chiefs. Uh, coming back on that Thursday night game, um, I thought Kelsey was going to play. Uh, but the one thing I did need to remember is that the Chiefs are looking at this point, and we've talked about this, to get amped up for game one off of a Super Bowl victory when you've been clearly dominant. It's a lot. Um, you got to get fired up. Even they, they noted in the broadcast that they thought that the crowd was a little bit dull. Like it just didn't feel like the same energy that you feel you're the defending champs. You got to get up. It's the Detroit lions. Everybody's raving about the lions and, and, and they beat us, but to, to just say that the chiefs are done and, and that th this is the end of the road. That's just silly. CG, you sound like you're crying a little bit about what we would call winner's fatigue. It is. Um, I, I do want to point out some things to you that are a little bit alarming. Did you see that Mr. Kadarius Tony had the lowest pro football focus rating that has been offered by that website since 2018? Are you not a little bit alarmed about how bad the receiving core is? Because I saw Pat Mahomes. He looked like he was moving around just fine. Yeah. So I, I will say to that point, though, when you don't have the number one tight end who is going to be your number one option in those situations, because those balls were not going to go to Kadarius Tony, they were going to go to Travis Kelsey, and he was going to catch those balls, at least more than 75% of those balls. When you're relying on a guy that was a decent role player that made some big plays in the Super Bowl, we have to remember he was okay with the Giants, had his issues. He came over to the Chiefs as a special teams player more than anything, excelled, performed. And now you were able to kind of, you know, 
take that game and use that as a building block for the following season. Uh, he's been here and he's playing uh, and he seems to be healthy. I think that that's a good start. He's got to catch the ball. We do have, a, we're not very big on the ends. There's a lot of short guys with speed. Uh, is that going to work? Is it going to work to have a bunch of Tyreek Hill kind of uh, lookalikes out there that that are just fast? But if they can't catch the ball, we're going to have a problem. Sky Moore was highly disappointing. Somebody that was expected to step up in the event of Travis Kelsey going down. But, you know, injuries happen in this game. And, I mean, that's a skunk to start out. I'm sorry, at home against Detroit. You got to win that game. But it's I mean, ultimately right. It's not going it, it, to. It's it's week one of 17. In the grand scheme, it does not matter. But it's a good storyline to talk about now. Yeah, they lost by one. I'm not going to hit the panic button. We're going to be just fine. Andy Reid has been pretty good in, in season opener. So maybe that's a little bit concerning that they weren't ready to go and they weren't dialed in from that standpoint. But when you lose Kelsey later in the week when we did, when you don't have Chris Jones and he's still sitting up there in the suite with his agents, you know, there's some obvious glaring signs that, hey, this is not us at full strength. Um, it, yes, it's me crying. Yes, it's still me making excuses. Now let's jump over to a team that does have some uh, high hopes and and really just laid an egg. And the other team is this really signaling that they are um, a team that we should have been looking at more. And it's the Cowboys and the Giants that squared off on Sunday, forty to nothing. I mean, just an absolute, <laughs> you know, just obliteration i mean what how else can you say it and, and and the giants did just did not perform very well at all at home that's a stinker i mean if the chiefs put up a stinker i don't know what the giants put up i mean it's a obliteration uh, of epic proportions like the battle of vienna or the alamo i mean honestly that's complete destruction and as somebody in a pick seven that actually picked the giants to win that game I feel like the biggest fool ever born. I mean, that's a complete shocker. Uh, you know, you know how it is. The NFC East is typically the tightest division historically. But, hey, at this point, like, the Cowboys are going to play like that every week. Maybe they got a chance to win maybe more than one playoff game. Yeah, I, I think that, the, that that defense for Dallas is just lights out. I mean, that's a tremendous defense that they've got over there. Um Again, it's week one. What are we going to take from that? I don't know. I think the Packers are probably the most surprising team. Uh, you know, the Bears at home losing 38 to 20. But Jordan Love, are we buying this? It's funny that we're bringing this up because a friend of mine that I was on, on the trip with me out there in Oklahoma said, what are the odds that you put of Jordan Love being the starting quarterback in five years? And based on week one, I said, five years from now, him being the starting quarterback, I put it pretty low. I just don't see it. You know, I look at a lot of the quarterback evaluation guys that don't get a ton of starts in college that come on late in the draft process. They don't have much of a success record, but like in this case, at least he got to sit for a while. Maybe he is a real deal. He looked great. And I look foolish for saying what I did. In fact, I got basically a certificate of ownage of, the Chicago Bears as a result of that performance. I don't wonder if it makes the other players. It's one of those situations where, you know, sometimes when you watch in the NBA, when they say like the star players out and then everybody else starts playing better because they all have to, they all elevate their game. Right. And I wonder maybe that if this is a situation where 
the team was so reliant on Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers was always the top story. He was always going to be on the billboard. He was always going to be the guy that they first wanted to interview. Maybe this is just a situation where there are a lot of good players with the Green Bay Packers. And now they realize, hey, we got to step it up. We got to support our quarterback and, and we got to play well. And this is a strong performance. I mean, if you're a Packers fan, this is promising because you did it against the Bears. So you handled whatever you needed to do business-wise. And we'll see. It could be an outlier. It could be a sign of things to come. Yeah. I mean, sometimes sometimes it falls into place, but I don't think we need to overreact yet. There's a lot of season left to play. Fair enough. Uh, you take a look at one more game before we jump on the Aaron Rodgers story, the 49ers and the Steelers. The 49ers are, are dominant. Brock Purdy is legit. Uh, this is a real team. This is a real team that can win the Super Bowl. Uh, they seem to probably be maybe the number one ranked team, maybe on on some of the power rankings and some of the lists. Hate to say that, but if the Chiefs lose at home in their season opener, yeah, it's hard to put them in that in that top spot. 49ers got a lot of a lot of positives, and they also were a little patient with guys like Brandon Ayuk. You know, a guy that maybe was written off a little bit earlier uh, earlier in his his career has really turned things around and that defense again, same thing just continues to be uh, very, very strong. 49ers looking crazy good. I mean, that Christian McCaffrey run, that was circa 2016 him at Stanford when he should have won the Heisman trophy. I mean, that, that, that was magical. And you're right. Like when you hit on Mr. Irrelevant and the team's clicking together like that, they they have to be the leader in the clubhouse right now coming out of the NFC for sure, which to me is a lot more wide open and a lot more likely to see somebody just charge out the front and solidify their status. And then finally, also, before I jump to that Sunday night or the Monday night game, talk about your Texans. What'd you see? I mean, were you impressed? Was this kind of uh, what was expected? Uh, just a blah performance or signs of hope? Blah performance. But let me take the other side of the coin. There are some positives. They're just not on the offensive side of the ball or anything to do with C.J. Stroud right now. Except for Nico Collins, I think, had a good game. But on the defensive side, it was great to see Will Anderson Jr. get a sack in his first game. Looked pretty dominant coming off the edge. I mean, he basically got stranglehold on that stack, and it was a holding penalty. The first Texans, well, number one pick defensive player to get a sack in their first game. So that's highly encouraging. You know, the defense stood up and definitely fought hard missing two safeties and were able to contain Lamar Jackson for a while. They just could not do anything to move the ball and – get the ball in the end zone and it's not overly alarming, but the receiving core is terrible for the Texans. The line did not play well for CJ. I don't put too much on him. You know, I, I think this, the cards that he was dealt, his debut was not terrible. I, I'm looking forward to seeing him on Sunday at the home opener live here in Houston to see what he's going to do against a little less stout defense of the Indianapolis Colts. Through 44 balls, though. I mean, is that just more a case that D'Amico Ryan's is saying, let's just let this kid sling it a little bit. Just let him start throwing the ball around there. You know, he's the future and, 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 you know, let's go that route. Or is this not, this is not going to be the pattern all season. I can't imagine. 
No, I, he comes from the 49ers school. I mean, he wants to pound the rock a little bit. It's sure. just, the game got away from them after the first half, and they thought that was their best chance to, to win. Aaron Rodgers. Three plays? Four plays? It didn't look that bad initially. The problem is that's part of the problem. <laughs> when a guy goes down and you and you didn't really see him, you know, get rolled up, you didn't really see something that really stood out as a sprained ankle, rolled ankle, something like that. Once he stood up and he did that sit back down and then he kind of rolled backwards. I mean, I was watching the 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 Peyton Manning the, the Manning brother broadcast at that point. They were stunned. They couldn't believe it. I mean, nobody really could believe it. And then you slowly watch the whole timeline. And then you said, oh, God, he's he's hurt. Pads came off. Boot was on. And that was it. The potential God of Gotham lasted four plays. CG, you got it right. Is that wild? Why we hype this up? wild? It's... You know, it, it makes you believe in a higher power when things like that happen because it is unbelievably strange, but it brings to another argument. Should there even be turf fields in the NFL anymore when you see it, one of the best quarterbacks of all time just drop like a fly on a fluke injury? And those are a lot less likely on the grass surface, as you well know. Yeah, I get that. That and that's it's a fair point. It, with the, with the the way that the surfaces are done, it's a different conversation. We had that conversation in the Super Bowl. Uh, we had that conversation in many different sports. But the thing that I think becomes a very um, not big issue, but something that continues to just be the the elephant in the room, so to speak, is preseason. You have a lot of time now in preseason, trying to shorten it up. But it's just a lot of guys, just especially veterans, you know, they've been there, done that. It's a hassle for them. And you got to be game ready. You got to be ready to go. Yes, the assumption can be that Aaron Rodgers is going to be ready to go. Don't worry about it. Um, And then guys, full speed, come running at him. I mean, that's the first time he probably had people running at him full speed, trying to, you know, pursue him and tackle him since the last game they played at Green Bay. I, I mean, it's just... I don't know. I don't, I don't know how you get into that that mode, especially as you start to get older. Um, Brady was able to avoid these types of situations. Rodgers needs to kind of scramble around a little bit. But this is a disaster for the Jets. I mean, they, they went right to Zach Wilson after four plays. Um, they're already talking about who they can go find. Rough. And what does this do for next season? There's a lot of points there. So number one, you're not going to because you have anybody. a very because you have a very good football team on the defensive side of the ball. You have an extremely elite defense, and the, the problem is you have nowhere to go because you cannot get a quarterback that's going to learn the offense better than Zach Wilson did the last couple of years on some kind of trade circuit. You're you, the season's too short. He's not going to get up to speed. The offense is too complex. So with somebody of the stature of Aaron Rodgers going down where you're depending on his ability to acutely distribute the ball while creating, which he was a lot more of a creator than Tom Brady ever was, that's all out the window. That's not Zach Wilson, okay? 
So your offense is a complete wild card. And then as you well put, like that's a top three in the league defense. That's what they were going to lean on that Aaron Rodgers and his moxie was going to pull them out of a lot of close games in the AFC East, especially as the Patriots and the Buffalo Bills now look like are in a decline. I mean, talk about Ken Dorsey and some of the play calling going on over there. Josh Allen is regressing big time and we're watching in front of our eyes. So rest in peace, Jets 2023. Yeah. I think Josh Allen is pressing a little bit. I think that he's just trying to, he's, he's trying to play to the Madden covers too much when he just needs to just go out there and sling it and play some ball. I think he'll be fine. I I, I think he's still an elite quarterback in the league, uh, but the scrambling around and the running around, it's starting to look a bit more like he's lost in some of these protections and he's kind of leaning more on that side when he doesn't need to, you know, there's just plays that you can make. I think part of that is some frustration. It's also maybe kind of zeroing in on Stefan Diggs. He's been kind of open about needing to get the ball. He did get on the ball, 10 grabs over what hundred, hundred yards, one Oh two, something like that. So I think that there's some some other things at play. You know, he's 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 on the Hollywood circuit now. He's got a different girlfriend, and and that's a personal life thing. And you know, people are going to make those kind of uh, judgments and assumptions. None of that matters. Uh, but he's got to get back to playing at that elite level that we had seen, uh, I guess, two seasons ago. A little bit well, last. Yeah, as you well know, it's a results oriented business. So when he starts getting the results again, none of the other fluff matters. Yeah, he's also with a very diehard fan base though that is going to stand behind him. They're not going to start booing him out of the stadium like the Jets would a uh, Zach Wilson. So they're going to have some time. They're going to have some patience. We'll see. You got to have these top teams go uh, forward, and we'll see what ends up happening with the Jets. I don't think playoffs are in the future, but you never know. Maybe the defense carries them through. Highly doubtful. And when Miami plays, you might as well just bank on it's going to be a track meet. No defense involved, and everybody just scores as many points. We just go back and forth. Yeah, it's going to look like a little bit like that Texas-Alabama game. Fantasy football should have just been all the Miami players or all the Charger players. Somebody has Jalen Waddle. I'm okay with that. (laughs) Let's take a quick break. We're going to come back here, and we're going to talk some college football here on the Sports Cube. And we're back here on the Sports Queue at CG with Texas Mike. Back on your airwaves here, checking it out. Make sure you hit that subscribe, hit that follow. Listen to all of our content, all of our episodes. We got exciting things going on across the country. College football is back, and I know you are you're you're more of a college football guy. You do enjoy well, you enjoy all sports. You watch all sports. You know stats on all sports. But college football just brings a different type of passion. Um, of course. Before the Pac-12 is going to disband and just scurry all over the nation, they have to have phenomenal seasons from everybody. (laughs) They're loaded. The energy channels of the Pac-12, the Conference of Champions, are being channeled by their inner Bill Walton right now because this is obviously strange and we'll never see this conference again. But I love the irony of it. and. You know, I'm kind of enjoying it right now because what else am I supposed to root for after LSU loses in week one? UCLA 2-0, Washington State 2-0, Oregon State 2-0, Oregon 2-0, Utah 2-0, Washington 2-0, USC 3-0. Unbelievable. Well, yeah, I, I know this has been an orgasmic experience for you in the last year. I mean, it's just nuts. It, it, it's crazy. Um, 
we're seeing pretty much the same customers around the top 10. However, Florida State looks like they're back. Florida State has got the athletes. They've got the speed. Um, are we convinced with this Florida State team? Because they did get some votes, three first place votes. They're ranked number three in the country. Are they back completely or are you not buying it? Okay. I spent a lot of time and a lot of misery watching that week one performance in Orlando. And LSU started out, you know, taking blow to blow with them. But when it got to about six minutes left in the third quarter, Mr. Travis was looking like a first round quarterback and Keon Coleman, who. Yep. He's starting to look like Anquan Bolden back at Florida State, except a little bit smaller, except a lot bigger, but boxing people out and just taking taking every ball thrown his way. And that's unstoppable. Uh, LSU was just not up to the task, despite having a transfer portal full of DBs, including Deuce Chestnut, former Big East All-Freshman player at Syracuse, he was taking everybody to the house and they just couldn't do anything about it. And eventually the, the gas get out, let out of the balloon. And here we're at like Florida state. They also took care of business in their second game. They got Boston college this week who struggle against Holy cross. If that game is not hurricaned out, so to speak, but yeah, they're legit, man. Yeah. Florida state sits atop. You know, you take a look at Georgia, Georgia continues to be the dominant team. Uh, in the SEC, they've really just made their mark that they're the team to beat right now uh, over and over and over. Alabama catching a little bit of flack, a little bit of heat. We continue to see some 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 shootouts that they continue to be involved in. Uh, is, what's with the defense? Is the defense lacking in Alabama? What's what's we've seen a bit of this over the past few seasons. I think it's just been the proliferation of their players getting picked up in the draft. I mean, Look at the amount of talent they've lost year after year after year. There's eventually going to be a lull. You cannot replenish that. And now we're in the NIL era, and Alabama does not quite secure the dominance in recruiting that it did. It's just a fact. Tuscaloosa is not the most sought-after destination once Ferrari of Los Angeles can you know, give you a ride there to, to make the – situation a little better for you so he, he he did lose his defensive wizard too i mean kirby smart was with nick saban for some time i mean but it's about what's in the cupboard honestly because georgia has started to out recruit them repeatedly and they're the ones who have the defense I yeah mean, i guess i'm just i guess i'm just wondering though is it was it that kirby smart just had a different eye for defensive players you know saban still got the eye but maybe kirby smart has now surpass that a little bit and, and 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 kind of taking the reins is that he can he can he can diagnose a top tier defensive player because you're still when you watch a kid in high school and you watch these five you know there are these big recruits obviously that people go after not all of them are guaranteed not all of them are locked in that they're going to be very successful collegiate athletes um but there are certain recruiters that can just i feel like they can just see something and when they can see something you know, they can find some of these hidden gems. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, especially when when you start to move further back into the defense, linebackers, DBs, it's a little more of a wild card. Yeah, you got some kid who, you know, has come out of high school 6'5", 290, explosive. Those guys will typically translate. I mean, yeah, sometimes motivation issues or injury that's true. issues. But... That's, a, that's a fair point. It's, it's almost like kind of a 
you know, because of the quantity and because of the top tier athlete, when you have five on one team, eventually <laughs> it balances out. The numbers kind of just prove that one or two of those players is going to emerge as your real solid, solid um, defensive stalwart. So you take a look at some of the other teams. Uh, and then obviously the biggest story in college football, it's Dion. Uh, he's he's taken the the college football world by storm uh big game to open things up a different tcu team you know i i don't think the, T, the tcu team that everybody was thinking about last season uh but it's still for colorado to do this thing overnight uh you're starting to hear some of the broadcasters and analysts have their commentary about it dion has got his style i don't know how much x's and o's is going on with dion i think it's more of that leadership figurehead get the right coordinators get the right people in place unless you disagree what do you think i mean i i just don't see him drawing up a ton of plays I, maybe i i think there's there's some of that input i think this is just a different coaching style i think it's just getting a bunch of new guys that were brought together in a unique circumstance and getting them to buy in and you have the linchpin of the talent there with shador sanders and travis hunter you have the anchor players that are going to make it. They're going to make it work. I mean, yeah, but I think I, I think I think where, what I'm getting at though is that if you if you have somebody, it's not a game manager, but it's just somebody that is the CEO of that team, and he knows I'm going to get this coordinator. I'm going to get this coordinator. I'm going to get these players. We've got NIL. We can get the money for these kids to get them to come here and play football. That's going to be the name of the game. If that does become the case, that's going to change the whole landscape of anything because you just find a good leader, not necessarily a good X's and O football coach. It's a different game than the NFL. Well, in the NFL, it's different, but okay. So like to use a Deion Sanders situation. Okay. So, but the question is again, how many, how many plays do you think he's drawing? I, I'm not questioning his coach, like, Hall of Fame player knows what he's talking about. But I just don't know. And maybe even Saban's not doing that to this point. I don't know. You know, I mean, the head coach has to watch everything. No, I I, I think, I mean, look at this. Just, just even like from a casual fan perspective, like anybody can get coaches film on anything just about. Like if you want to pay enough money, you can get it. So you have more eyes on the sport. So the whole like I'm drawing up quote unique plays or unique game plan no you that's bullshit in my opinion you take a look at recent trends and what works at different levels and figure out a way to augment that and twist that just a little bit to fit your personnel and your system and that's what i think these guys are doing that that deon sanders of the world i don't think that there's any type of even within their staff like you look at 2019 lsu Remember Joe Brady? He was the rock star of college football, pro football, a genius. He was a passing game coordinator for the Saints. He learned a lot of different things. He took different concepts. He mixed them together. But what happened to him in the NFL? Already very quickly, some of its personnel, but the bottom line is you got enough eyes on it. The quote offensive genius or the scheme genius, I think is totally overrated. It's more about what kind of team, as far as collectively, what kind of coaches you can bring to the table and managing all these different things correctly. I think that is the future. Hmm. It's an, I mean, it's a fair point. It's an interesting point. And I think in college football, 
and, and you see this in some of the wagering too. I, I think that uh, my brother actually said this to me. He said, you know, it, it, it's so much about coaching in college football. The coaches are the stars, coaches are the guys that you see pushed. The, the styles are going to be different. This NIL area era is just different. It's a different style. It's a different way of recruiting. Dion knows how to get these players. He's been cultivating and, and understanding uh, the young athlete, and he's always prime time. He's still prime time now. And he can bring that flavor. And what kid does not want to go play for Deion Sanders, even if it's in Boulder, Colorado, you know, so it's all working. I, it, it could it happen in your opinion? Could it happen? At Colorado, Dion winning a national championship. Yes. No, not at Colorado. Dion winning a national championship somewhere else. Absolutely. Do you think that that happens within the next five years? At this rate, I'd have to say almost yes. I don't even know how long he'll be at Colorado. He might be a one and done. I don't think he would do that to those guys, though, because of the transfer rules. I think he would stay at least two years. What would the transfer rule be? They wouldn't well, be. Well, it's their right second away. transfer. Remember the guys he brought from Jackson State, his son, Travis Hunter. I think he brought six or seven other players that were highly regarded. That followed him Jackson State. So your second order transfer has to get permission the NCA. And quote, following Dion, the NCA is probably not going to say that's permissible. That's not like my mom has cancer or something like that. Sure. Okay. Well, that's why you are the man. That's why you got all the stats and you bring all the knowledge. We'll see if if you get past that second year, he leaves. What SEC team is not going to jump on board? Well, if you're Colorado. You literally have a, a once in a millennium opportunity to pay some money to somebody that could put you back on 1990 level. Eric Bieniemy running all over the place. One of your favorite players over there. Uh, what was a quarterback on that team? Darian Hagan. Uh, yeah, back to Colorado. Like we're we're hoisting the trophy national championship. Like the Buffaloes are roaming again. Cordell Stewart. They didn't win any national titles, though. I know, but they, I, I, but they were still solid. Oh yeah, I can remember Cordell Stewart days at Colorado. We'll see. It's it, it's the it's the most exciting story in college football. I don't really have time to watch anything these days, but uh, I have seen some of the college football. Still get a chance to watch NFL football. Always brings that that fun and appeal. Fantasy, I still get sort of lucky. I even kind of missed tonight's game, so. I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe my fantasy days are numbered, but uh, still having fun. Still having fun with you, Texas Mike. I mean, they can't be numbered if you're still having fun. That's the name of fantasy sports, right? And if you can win a dollar eighty on a wager on some Euro Cup, then that's even better for you, right? It's just so funny though, because I used to be so dialed in. I mean, just absolutely dialed in. You know, following everything very closely, and I don't even I don't have kids, so it's, I don't even have that excuse. That's just bad. It's just bad all around. It's it's ADDCG, I guess. I mean, maybe we got to change those initials because, yeah, my life perpetually seems to get more complicated and more convoluted, and I find a way to do it. But I guess there's a method to the madness. I believe there is. All right, we're going to jump out of here. Always great to talk to you, my man. And we're going to get back with another episode very soon. We talked about plenty of football. We're going to see if I continue to climb the charts. We're going to see if you continue to hold your spot. And uh, I'll just have to set that reminder on my phone right now for Saturday. 
for a little Premier League. We are back, right? I'm not playing like some uh, Eurovision, you know, 2024 contest in Switzerland uh, matchup with six people entered. I'm going to have to leave that up to you to decide. Uh, I think there's enough outlets and enough information out there that you can figure out when the matches are. (laughs) However, I got to leave you with this, CG. So we're sitting here, Astros, Rangers, Seattle Mariners, who wins the division? Yeah, I mean, the Astros, cream usually rises to the top. Seattle has been knocking on the door. The Rangers have the most talent, it seems like, at this point. Um, the Angels, saddest story uh, ever. I mean, the the fact that they're willing to trade Mike Trout and float, it's just it's just all kinds of bad. I mean, trying to make a run. This baseball season, though, is hitting a thud for me. I mean, I just we have hit a wall in baseball to where if I wasn't in the Philadelphia area, I wouldn't be really paying a whole lot of attention to it. Lots of Phillies fans out here. Lots of them are excited. Eagles are playing tonight, though, and I have not seen a word about what the Phillies are doing at all. Um, So football is king uh, in these sports regions. You do take a look at at, at the the way that things are shaped up. Man, it's so close. Houston's got to be the pick, though, right? In the driver's seat with that pedigree. I agree with your conclusion. However, saying the Rangers have the most talent, that is complete fallacy. How? I'm going to agree that the Astros will get it done. They've put up about, they've put up about almost what? 60, 70 more runs this season than, than the Astros. They're, they got talent. We're we're not playing that analytics game. We're talking about reality and we're talking about six in a row. Never underestimate the heart of a champion. So I'm going to stick with my prediction that the Astros make it back to the world series. There we go. AL West champions. Go Astros. Homer, Texas, Mike. Homer, Texas, Mike, with his selection. All right, we're going to jump out of here. We'll see you guys next time. Good luck, Texas Rangers. I'm on board the Rangers train here. We're going to catch those Astros on the sports queue.